Well, hey there, friends, and welcome back to the Creative Shop Talk podcast. Boy, do we have a great episode for you today. I have invited um, Millie Blackwell from Mrs. Blackwell's Village Bookshop and in Greytown, New Zealand. She is here joining me. Um, we are going to review all of the books that we have been doing inside of our Level Up Mastermind group. So Millie is a member. She's also the curator of our of our Mastermind book shop club uh it's a longer episode for us today but we cover all of the books and why we like them we give them a star rating and we each kind of give our little take on the books it's not all books that you might actually traditionally think of as retail biz books either so let's get to it it's a long episode but i promise you it's worth it we got some great nuggets in here for you and i'm so happy to have millie back on the podcast we had her on a podcast before she shared her journey her retail journey with us and um I'm just excited to have her back here. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Running a retail business doesn't have to be so hard. Welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast, the go-to podcast for creative shop owners, studio owners, and independent retailers. I'm your host, Wendy Batten, retail business coach and mentor. Each week, I'll share simple, proven business strategies, inspiring stories from fellow retailers, and advice from industry experts. Together, we're going to work to find the success you want from your retail business with more profits in your till and a little more joy in your life. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast. Today, we're doing something a little different. I'm kind of excited about this. We are going to review the books that we have been doing inside our Level Up Mastermind group. And I have a special guest for us here today. You may have met Millie Blackwell before. She's been on the podcast. Hello, Millie. Good morning. I'm excited to have some book chat. Yes. So we decided to do a book club. Millie suggested it and she actually helps us curate the books inside our group. So we've done one a month. We've done one book a month for, we're going to go over the sixth, first six, January through June of this year and share our thoughts on the book that we have been reading in our book club. And they're not all traditional retail books. And I think that's something that I am enjoying about the books that we've been reading. So Millie, you want to tell us a little bit about you and your retail business before we get Yeah. Home? So I am a bookshop owner in Greytown, New Zealand. My bookshop is called Mrs. Blackwell's Village Bookshop. But this, this summer, uh, July, August, September, I have been an intern at a bookshop in Bend, Oregon called Dudley's Bookstore. So now I am a bookseller with international experience. Well, I love that. I love that. And I love, and so on a complete side note, I think it's absolutely incredible that you interned in another shop. And I think that would be such a great experience for all of us to do. And I'm legit wondering if that wouldn't be something fun to do, like on your vacation and like in a net, like connect, creating a network or a connection. It's been a, a seed planted for me, like, Let's all go work for a week someplace else while we're on vacation for a few hours a day. What a great experience um, for I you. I love that for a holiday idea, but I totally recommend it. Anyone's yeah. into it, contact a shop, see if they'll take you for a little while. Yeah, I would I would love it. I So anyway, I have a really, anyway, I have, uh, we tried to do that. Uh, I tried to do that with a friend who lives in the West Coast and I live in the East Coast. But then I was like, no, I want to hang out when you're here. <laughs> like we were going to take over <laughs> each other's shop. So we could vacation uh, a little bit, but anyway, it didn't work out. 
so let's get to our books. Uh, I do want, before we jump in, I would love to remind everybody that we, A, want to buy our, our books local, local bookshops. It's easy for us to think that we should just order them online or, you know, do something quick or, so let's try to prioritize shopping local and supporting local as local independent businesses we need to support our own community first so there's uh the reminder of that second of all a lot of people don't realize that we can order books from the non-big box guys uh the local bookstores can you tell us a little bit uh millie on different ways that we can acquire and help support local businesses through online ordering and or audiobooks let's talk about that as well yeah, for sure. There's kind of a hierarchy. So in terms of what means the most to your local bookshop, going into the store and buying something in the shop is uh, probably the most meaningful. It's the best way for them to serve you and help you find all the best stuff that you could be reading. Um, the next is to order directly from the bookshop's website. So in North America, at least, there is an, a website called bookshop.org. And that is really your best alternative to buying books online from Amazon. It allows you to support a bookshop of your choice. Um, and it's great for bookshops that don't have their own online store, but the amount of money they earn from each sale is a lot smaller than if you buy directly from their website. So if they have a website, use that. If they don't, support them through bookshop.org. This gives you basically exactly the same catalog of books that you could find on Amazon. And then if you're into Audible, uh, into audiobooks, the alternative to Audible, which for people who don't know is also owned by Amazon, there is an alternative to that and it's called Libro FM. And like bookshop.org, it gives a portion of everything you purchase back to uh, a bookshop of your choice. Right. So I was not aware of a Libro FM. We will have all the links to those uh, in the show notes. And uh, But I again, so just so everybody knows, Go into your local bookshop first. If you can't, you're too busy, order from your local bookshop's online store, poke around, see if they have a website or if somebody local has a website. Again, you know, you're a independent retailer. You need to support other independents. Uh, don't take the, don't, you know, sometimes it's easy just to go on Amazon and we don't, and, you know, I'm not throwing Amazon under the bus, but I kind of am like, let's support local and then uh, bookshop.org. And then if you want to do an audiobook, so we're like, we're busy. So, that, you know, all of these books we're going to talk about today, I think almost all of them I've listened to as an audiobook. I am a, a double dipper. I regularly listen to an audiobook and take notes. And if I like it a, a lot, which all of these books are favorites, I guess, I will order, like, I will order the book. I will, you know, get the book and kind of go through it again. I'm a, I'm a double dipper sometimes. So, um, so a lot of, a lot of us, you know, we need to listen to audiobooks because we're so busy. So don't be, don't, don't think that you can't support local if you're just audio listening to an audiobook. So uh, I want that reminder. So let's talk about the books. We have six books we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to tag team a little bit, I think, on talking about them. And Millie has some great points to share about the books. And we'll also talk about how they fit in a little bit into your retail world and why or how or why we chose them, maybe, and some of the takeaways from some of our members in our uh, mastermind group. So first up is Tara Moore's Playing Big, which I love. That's one of my favorite books. I now this this had a massive title as well. I noticed when I was oh, looking yes, back yes. at my notes, "Playing Big: Practical Wisdom for Women Who Want to Speak Up, Create, and Lead." 
published in 2014. Right. Do you want to tell us a little bit on about the book from your point of view? Yeah, I um I prepared a couple of notes from history as well. So I thought it was good to put the books in context. So in 2014, we had President Barack Obama and Vice President Joe Biden. It was the height of the Ebola virus. And for comedian Bill Cosby, it's the year that things fell apart. So that's where we were in history in 2014. Um, <laughs> so... Um, I hadn't read this book and most of the books on the list I hadn't actually read. And that was the joy of setting up this club is to read more, read more books from the back catalogue. But I believe Tara Moore was pretty, uh, pretty unknown author at the time. She had a, she's known a bit for in coaching circles and in San Francisco's tech community, but I don't believe she was very well known as an author when the book was published, but this certainly skyrocketed her to fame. And the main, the essence for the book for me was or two of the themes that really came out as the essence for me were the inner critic and the inner guide and we can probably guess from the names what those two things are but our, our inner person who tells us we're not good enough we can't quite we can't do it and our inner guide is personifying a character who um who is really nice to us and who tells us we can do it and wants us to make it so that was a really interesting key part of the book and the other the other big message for me was around feedback. So this is a quote from the book. Feedback can only tell you something about the person giving you the feedback. It can't tell you anything essential about yourself. So I think a lot of a lot of us are prone, a lot of us like to get feedback. And we all know when we do seek feedback, it's very mixed. And so we she's encouraging us to take a look at that feedback and say, does it ask, does it really say more about the person than it says about who gave, who give it, who gives it than it says about us. So that's kind of my brief summary of the book. Yeah. And so I, I thought the feedback was also a really sort of wow, aha moment. And um, I have read the book. So my business coach, I think I was given that book in 2015, like right after it was written. I didn't, and I don't think I realized at the time that it was, that was the, uh, that it had just come out that was I was given it by Rachel Cook just a shout out to Rachel who was my mastermind coach for years and I love this quote that I read and I feel like it speaks a lot to a lot of retailers that I speak to and a lot of retailers that I mentor and coach because self-doubt and like that inner critic as you said you know and it, it sits on that shoulder for a lot of us. I love this quote. Um, I wrote this book because I'm tired of meeting women who have important messages to share, but whose self-doubt is keeping them quiet. I'm tired of encountering women or woman after woman deluded by the myth that she needs to be more of something, more qualified, more prepared, more expert than she already is in order to share her ideas. It kind of goes on and I'll share the full quote in this, in the, there's like quite a long, um, quote there but basically the self-doubt that sits in with a lot of us and I feel like this book really kind of helps helped me at the time and I feel like it helps a lot of people and I've seen a lot of retailers read this book and kind of like yeah I can do this you know the the uh encourages uh overcoming your self-doubt and and we all have self-doubt and I think that's a myth or I think that there's a myth out there that everybody oh she's so confident or she's so you know that's I don't know that to be true from anybody, you know, in, in some areas of our retail businesses. So there's a lot, you know, it helps even, even really standing firm in your idea of your brand and what you want for your business and your brand and speaking out about that. 
we're most of us that are listening, you know, if you're uh, the, especially women, but this, I think this goes for men as well. Um, we are the visionaries of our business. And sometimes again, that feedback loop or the self-doubt loop, or, you know, it, it can play a big part in our, in our lives. So it, it's really good to stand firm with your confidence in what you're doing. And, and again, in branding and your retail business and life in general. So that's kind of my feedback. I, I really love this book. That's why I recommended it. Should we, I know we're going fast, but we've got six books to get through. Yeah. In this, uh, yeah. this this is the thing about book chat is it can really yes, suck, yeah. suck, the, suck the time. But yeah. um, should we give each book a, a star rating, do you think? Oh, I haven't thought of that, but okay, <laughs> let's go. Star rating, go ahead. I think I would give this one, I'm going to give it a 3.5 and I'm only rating it so low. I thought it was a great book, but just because it is a little bit older and is was so popular I felt like over the years a lot of the ideas from it had filtered through and so I was kind of reading things I already knew I feel like if I would have read this at the time it came out or closer to when it came out I would have probably given it more stars which is very true that's probably why I loved it so much <laughs> I didn't read it when nobody was talking about self-doubt and all of that uh so I'm gonna give it a three and a half stars too even though I do love it and I do recommend it and I would I would say for the same reason so well put so I want to move on to our next book. As you said, we have quite a few books to go through. Um, so our next book is Mike McCallowitz's book. It's called, well, he's got so many. I'm, I'm a Mike fan. Uh, Get Different, Marketing That Can't Be Ignored is the name of this book. You want to share your 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 history making on this? <laughs> All right. In 2021, we had President Joe Biden and President Kamala Harris. Elon Musk became the world's richest man the world's richest person, I'm sorry. And our best picture was Nomadland. Oh, wow. See? <laughs> 2021 in history. So what are your thoughts on Get Different? So this was my first Mike McCallowitz book at all, despite the fact that he's such a popular and well-known author. So what stood out for me from the book was it's starts with the idea that when we follow best practice, industry best practice in our marketing, we pretty much end up creating white noise because best practice means that everybody's doing it and so it cuts into the effectiveness of our marketing um that was that was the overall message for the book for me yes and and for me as well i i like mike's books i like the way he writes i like the the concept of how he teaches but what i like about this book is it is a reminder to be different to differentiate your marketing so i'm one my one of my big takeaways and what i've been doing for years is following non like non-industry like not other retailers so i you know go find another industry and see what they're doing kind of different that's different and fun and not to be vanilla i think you know we don't stand out if we don't differentiate and so people are like okay what does that mean right <laughs> like what does that mean so he gives lots of examples in the book I feel like you know to kind of get your mind thinking about it I'm going to totally steal or share something that I stole from this book in my marketing uh, he talks about changing you know when you go someplace and you change the wi-fi code like the you know your your wi-fi network and I know everybody does that everybody might do this if they read the book now but he changed the Wi-Fi network to buy Mike's book or something. I don't know, whatever he changed it to. I did that recently at a conference and it was incredible. The people that reached out to me because I checked, I changed mine to my website name and I said, hey, reach out if you need help with retail or something. I can't remember how we put it. It was so fun. I was totally 
not different. It won't be different anymore because other people will be doing that. But anyway, I just thought it was fun. Just something different, right? How can you just market yourself a little bit different? Um, and some of the, you know, some of the um, thing, the other things is he talks a lot about storytelling in your branding and being a little bit different that way. We can't compete. You know, we can't compete if we're all selling books, let's just say, you know, we're all selling the same book, we're all selling the same widget or whatever we're selling. So how do we make our marketing stand out and be a little bit different? And we can do that in storytelling doesn't mean, you know, big, long, you don't do it personal, it just, you know, maybe it's storytelling with different places you're reading the book or different ways you're doing but what are best practices with other industries and what are other people doing to sell their widgets or their things but not in retail so that was my two big takeaways i i really i really like that uh his message is basically not to be the same don't do the same as everybody else industry practices yeah are not they're not going to help you so and i thought it was especially good for our group and maybe this is what mike is is known for is that the, there were a lot of exercises, so a lot of chances to think yes. things up for yourself. And most of them were like things that were realistic for small businesses like us. So Mike wasn't suggesting things that needed massive budgets. He was like giving us all these ideas that we really, truly could implement in our small businesses. That's something else I really liked about it. Yeah, I really like that as well, too. And he does, he does have a, in the book, there's a lot of pulse on like brick and mortar like brick and mortarable is that a word i'm making it up uh things that will work really well for us i feel like we get a lot of and again this is a whole other podcast i guess but you know we get a lot of um i guess we get a lot of advice especially in the e-commerce and the e-commerce world so it's really nice to hear practical fun interesting ways to be different in real world like in real world with real humans that we work with so that was another takeaway i think for me on that book so uh are we going to give this one a star rating or anything else to add on that one i will give this one 4.5 i love this book i thought it was um, I listened to the audiobook and read the book in the end because it was so prescriptive. I felt like I needed to go back and mark up some pages. So, yep, this is a really solid book from my perspective. So I'll say 4.5. Yes. So it's a 4.5 for me because I don't get fives. I don't know why I'm like that person, although I will give retailers five. But um, I really like this and I think I highly recommend this one as well, too. And mine's all marked up. And on that note, just a side note, I, I always tell Millie, I'm like, not embarrassed, but like I mark up my books and I <laughs> tag them up. And anyway, I'm, I, everybody does it different, but I have like this great new way of keeping track of my books. And I, I feel like I'm going to share this re really quick. I bought the large sticky notes, the, the 3M sticky notes, and I now put one on the front of front cover of the book or inside front cover of a book. And I write my thoughts about the book, even though I've got it marked up and I've got pages, sometimes I even write page numbers so that I can go back to it. It's a silly little simple way. And maybe lots of people are doing it. I'd never thought of it before. So I use like the large sticky note, 3M, you know, sticky notes. And anyway, it's working really well. And I'm very happy with my, okay, I've gone the back through all these books now and I've got all these notes, these great notes at the front of the book. So you know. I love that idea. Um, that's a really, really cool idea. It's kind of an indexing system that you've created there on, yeah. the, on yeah. the sticky notes. Yeah, I'm using the big, the big ones here. Yeah, it's an yeah, it's a very fancy system. <laughs> it's a sticky we, um, note. I think we could have a whole podcast about different ways to keep notes and keep track of notes from books. There's so many oh. good systems, but I love that one. It's so simple and portable and analog. It's awesome. 
simple wins for me lately. So <laughs> everything is like, why am I complicating it? All right, let's move on. I know we have a lot of books to go through or we have some more great books to go through. The next one is Shep Hyken's book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers and uh, to Come Back Again and Again. Shep has a lot of books. We've had Shep on the podcast. And let's talk about this book. All right. In 2021, or same year, but some more fun facts, Alex Trebek uh, hosted his final episode of Jeopardy. The Taliban took control of Afghanistan and something for the Canadians. William Shatner became the oldest person to go to space. <laughs> that yes i'm a very proud canadian because of william shatner no, just, just so interesting interesting notes of what's happening so do you want to tell us your thoughts on this book Millie? yeah so this was a book i was still in new zealand at the time and it was a book i couldn't get in time in hard copy so i had to listen to the audiobook um I think because it's narrated by Shep and he is a more senior gentleman, I was actually surprised that it was so new. I think because his he's got an older sounding voice, I just expected that the book was older. Um, yeah. so that was where I was at with listening to it. Um, the theme of the book for me was that customer loyalty is, is not about a lifetime. It's about the next time, every time. So I do think that we tend to think that customer loyalty is about creating a customer for life. And I think we all hope we do. But um, when we're thinking about it in a practical sense, we think we should be thinking about how do we get the customer to come back the next time and then the next time after that and not for life. Right. Yeah. I, so I I like this book. I like Shep. Um, But a couple of things that I like about the book or that I took away from this book is loyalty versus loyalty programs versus marketing the loyalty marketing for loyalty versus marketing um marketing programs like loyalty programs like the two difference and what what the difference means with that and that was an aha moment for me so marketing the way like he explains it like marketing is more about like the marketing programs like if you're putting a loyalty program in place what is the purpose if it's just a marketing program uh it's just to you know increase sales and like i'm I have a marketing program with my local grocery store, but loyalty programs can, can be next level. Like it's more of an emotional feel. I like, you know, loyalty, um, it's an emotional getting them, you know, to want to come and choose you. Like, I don't care what grocery store I go to, to be honest, but like in my town, it's like, I don't care. I just, I have a loyal, I have a loyalty program for both. So that was one little takeaway that I like about that book. The other thing is um, he uses the word media, uh, there's a whole section, I can't remember all the details, but it's all about like mediocrity in just, you know, we need to be better and we need to make sure that we're always leveling up our service and making sure that our team is all on board about the reason that we want loyalty and the reason we can't be mediocre, the reason we can't just be fine. Like service can't be fine and, you know, our products can't be fine. Like we have to just be the next level. We just have to be better and getting our team on board with that. So I like the way he sort of, it's very basic and very simple, the way he explains it all. He has some cool chapter, um, if I'm remembering it correctly, he has some really cool like sort of chapter recaps. So if you're a reader, which I hear a lot from a lot of retailers that you don't have time to read, I find it's like really quick read with like chapter summaries, like here's the thing, here's the thing you wanna know about this chapter, which I feel sometimes is Mm -hmm. what a lot of retailers, you know, and whether that's good or bad or proper book writing or whatever, uh, it is, uh, it's, it's really helpful to help you move through that book. And I've had retailers tell me that. Um, so yeah, so that's my thoughts on, on Shep's book. Yeah. 
There was one other part, and I think this has been a real theme for you this year, is um, at least for us in the mastermind about eliminating friction from our business. And Shep talks about creating moments of magic, moments of uh, mediocrity and moments of misery. And then he asks in the book for us to consider how when we create any of those things with our employees, that they are going to filter down to our customers. So if we're creating fiction with our employees in some way, that's probably going to filter down to our customers as well. And I thought that was a really interesting part of the book about we tend to just think about customers, but if we're creating some friction or these this misery or this mediocrity with our employees, it's probably it's going to ultimately end up with the customer too. Yeah. Great reminder on that. So for this one, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to give it a four. I also like you. I liked, I think that Shep knows who his readers is and I loved how he did those summaries. Um, I think he's got a busy business owner in mind as the reader and he set the book up for that. Yes, I agree. I'm surprised you gave it four. I did not think that you loved this book. So <laughs> I'm a four as well. Not just because I'm copying you on this one, but I laughed because I thought you, I know that this wasn't, probably one of your favorites on here, but it is good for busy readers and it does do what it's supposed to do, I think, in this book. So, and I think when I think back to all of the the mastermind members that read it and what we do in our mastermind group, we assign a book and then we have uh, a meeting together about it. So, and some people are, you know, telling us how they're implementing some of these, some of the, the things that they've learned in the book and we kind of try to implement them right away. And I feel like this was one that a lot of a lot of the members in our mastermind group um, action like they kind of had team meetings and they kind of just started making making a point to to really think of think through those loyalty like what does loyalty mean to the next to the for the next sale like you said for the customers how are we making them feel so anyway I found that more of an actionable one that a lot of people did so all right our next book is Ryan Holiday's book and we did perennial seller and to be honest, Ryan Holiday was a new a new book for me. I hadn't read any of his books. So can you tell us a little bit about that, Millie? Yeah. Um, 2017, we had uh, President Donald Trump and a Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, the Me Too movement began and the best picture was Moonlight. And it was the year that they had that massive flub where they accidentally announced La La Land. And once all the actors were on the stage, they had to take it back and I think somebody out the back had been having too many champagnes and accidentally given out the wrong envelope. So that was, if you follow the movies, that was a funny year. Um, so Ryan Holiday wasn't new to me. In fact, I think this is one of my picks for the books. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of Ryan's body of work, which is really large, this is one of his earlier books. He's more well known now for his writing about modern stoicism. But this was a book about creating for creative people writers and other creatives about creating work that lasts um and I was excited to share this book with the group because Ryan as well as also a small business owner as well as a writer he owns a bookshop in Barstow Texas so it is a book it was it is a book aimed at writers and other creatives but I thought that it worked for the group because we all want to create businesses that last and that's kind of the same as trying to create art that lasts the I guess we've we kind of touched on this in another book but one of the takeaways for me was it about looking outside of our own industry for inspiration and 
the there was a bit near the end that I really liked as well about relationships um thinking of relationships as a platform we discussed in our book group about the way Ryan had written this and a lot of us felt a bit uncomfortable about the particular way Ryan had written it but the idea that we should be actively working on building our relationships with our customers and inside of our industries um, I think is something that's really not that well covered in business books so it was interesting in this one for me. Yeah that was a big takeaway for me as well too and he also so a few other things that were takeaways for me is um, he, he talks about positioning your business so positioning like who and and who is this who is your shop for and we talk about that a lot in our marketing strategy sessions and you know why are we doing business like who's what are we the go-to for and who are we you know who is the shop for um i i think that's a really good reminder i feel like some some of us need like brought back to that you know i know he covers a lot about marketing and i um his his definition of marketing is anything that gets or keeps customers, which is the definition of marketing, but we he simplifies it. I find the way he speaks about marketing. And I do really love the really I have so it's funny, I have that on my notes just to speak about as well, too. I, I do think that relationships and we've talked about this in our sales strategy, you know, even relationships with your local community, relationships with your vendors, like relationships are a platform that we neglect a lot. And I love that he talks about that. So, and and your customers and maintaining those real, maintaining and developing relationships um, is important. So I, I, you want to give us their rating on this one? Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this one also a 4.5. It's a little bit older. So but I felt like a lot of the ideas in it I hadn't heard before, yes. I hadn't considered. And I really, I would recommend it as a great book for business owners who are a little bit reluctant or feel a bit funny about marketing because he really reframes marketing as that you are the business. This is a business that you built, that you believe in, that you're invested in, that you think people will like. And here's some of the ways to to get that out into the world. And so I think that's an important message for a lot of small business owners. I think that's really important. Thank you for saying it. It's like non-slimy marketing because I think some of us have a tendency to think it is. So he does reframe it. And I also really love that he has a, a bookstore, like he has that experience and he does tell stories through the book. I've become, I've, I'm a convert and become a fan. I have uh, two of his other books here. I have not read them yet, but I have had two books. So again, I wasn't really sure what you know what I didn't know anything about the books really I know he's been around you know I've seen it for a while so I really love the book I'm 4.5 on this book uh uh as well and I I highly recommend it I think I've said that about all of them but um so I don't actually to be honest I don't think there's anything on the list that I wouldn't recommend or that I'm sad that we picked or you know disappointed that we picked but uh yeah I really like this and I can't wait actually I'm really looking forward to they're on my like to to be read list uh the other two that I have which I can't yeah he's got um other I'm assuming that that courage is calling and discipline is destiny and they are he's doing a series of four books each covers the four principles of stoicism and these are books that we in the book selling industry refer to as big dippers so they're books with short chapters that you can really open up at any point and read. And I've got a friend who's also a fellow small business owner and Courage is Calling is like her little bedside Bible. Whenever she's feeling worried or needs a pet, little pet talk, she opens Courage is Calling and the chapters always speak to her. So I think 
even though they're about philosophy, that they might be good guides for small business owners as well. Well, I think we all need courage. <laughs> we all need the courage. And, I, you know, maybe we don't talk about that enough. So, yeah, I love that. So that is, those are the two that I have. <laughs> I think you recommended them to me. So I have both of those books for that reason. And I have, I have not even opened up. I've never heard the term Big Dipper. Let's just like talk about that for a second. I love that. So you can open them up and do like dip in for a bit and then come out. Is that what you mean? I believe the phrase kind of came from coffee table books that you could just open up anywhere and get some inspiration from. But at least at our store, we've applied it to any book that's written in short chapters that aren't meant to be read consecutively or don't have to be read consecutively. And some people like to have a book like that, that I'm just going to open it up somewhere and see what finds me. So yeah, that's how we've adapted the phrase Big Dipper. I love that. And I I was always a Big Dipper reader. Uh, that's sort of how I pick up books. And lately I've been reading them full cover to cover, but, you know, time is precious. And sometimes we don't have a lot of time. Also different chapters in our life. See what I did there? You know, if you're trying to run your retail business and kids and life, you know, it's, you know, you have a different um, time availability maybe. So I love that. I love that. And that's where I used to be when I the three businesses and a bunch of kids and all that stuff, you know, for a while. Uh, so it's just different now. I can read a little bit more. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So, all right, our next one, Oliver Berkman. This was one that we weren't sure about. It's 4,000 weeks. This is one that everybody was like, what, what are we reading here? So <laughs> we, um, we'll go back to it, but we actually read next how to grow your small business by, um, Oh, we Donald did. Miller, right, we right. slipped it in there at the last minute, but we'll do right, 4,000 weeks first and we'll go back to Donald. So right, um, right, in 2021, we had, you guys had a Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, and we had a Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, who were, who were good mates by all accounts. The number one country song was Fancy Like by Walker Hayes, a favourite of mine. And uh, of course, we were in the thick of COVID. So that was 2021. This book... Um, By industry standards, this one has been a real slow burner, but it has really accelerated this year. It seems like at least at Dudley's, we've sold tons and tons of copies. And I believe somebody has gotten all over TikTok with this book and with James Clear's Atomic Habits. And so both of those books are having a little bit of a renaissance this year. Um, This is like, I'm going to just tell you straight away that this book is a five out of five for me. This is like, definitely one of my all-time favorite non-fiction books and the premise of the books book is that if you live to the age of 80 you'll live for 4,000 weeks which when you think about that and where you are in your life right now and how many you've got less left it suddenly seems terrifyingly and insultingly short <laughs> so he asks us um, he goes through he really delves into this and looks asks us to look at embrace, embracing that limit and realizing that we will never will get everything done in our lives that we want to get done. So what what's going to be important to think about our use of technology and how it might be sucking away time that we could better use on something else. And um, a really cool and interesting chapter, which made me think of you even at the time I read it, Wendy, which was about rest and recovery. Why did that make you think I have to ask you? (laughs) Well, you're such a model for periods of rest and recovery and planning. And I think they're all things that myself, I I guess I'll speak just for myself, things I'm not always good at. And uh, um, Oliver just kind of put some more context around that, I thought. 
Yes. So, well, thank you. It's been a long time. So uh, I am a lot older than you. And I would say it has taken me a long time to realize that rest and recovery is an important part. So I lo- I love this. I was hesitant about this book, to be honest. I was like, what? I mean, I love the premise of it. And then um, when I first saw it, when I very first found this book, I guess before, I think it was before we even talked about it. But I love it, too, for the same reason that it does remind you that, you know, and it's not, it, I think it, in, there's different, in different countries, it has different taglines. It's like a time management for mortals is one of it. Like John, my husband looked at it the first time and he was like, what? Like, what is what is this? So it's kind of like a, a kind of a, a different type of uh, time. It's not a time management book. It's a time reminder book, I thought. That's how I call it. Um, uh, reminding us that it is infinite. Like, and I think as I get older and we're like in this stage of like, oh, we only have like, you know, a little bit of time left to do all these fun things. Like what, what are we busy doing? Like what, how are we living our life? How are we running our businesses? Like, why are we running them this way? Why are we like the hustle? And if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time or coached by me, or we've ever met, you know, I'm not into the hustle culture. We can have really great businesses by design. I think we can have great life by design. And and by design is like paying attention to the weeks. We only have 4,000 weeks if we live to be 80, right? So what are we doing with that time that we do have on this precious earth? So I think as a retailer, I think it's been a really good reminder. I've, I've seen so many retailers that have read this book and or being reminded of this that, you know, we don't have to do all the things The to-do list is never going to be done. So really being intentional about why we're doing things and how we're doing them in our businesses. And so not letting things happen to us. And this is a mistake that I had for years. I can only speak for myself and what I see a lot of us do. We're just on that, like, let's do the next thing. Let's do the next thing. Let's just keep this machine going. And why, why are we doing that? So questioning that, recently just had a mastermind meeting and that was like a big question that happened and everybody's like I don't know like why what am I doing so really understanding why you're in retail business why what you love about it how you keep the joy in it how you can protect your time we don't have to be working all the time there's so much from this book but it is all about it's not a it's not about being more productive and I hate because I don't think that's what we want that's not that's not what my achieve that's not where I'm headed I don't want to be more productive I want to be I don't know what I want to be I want to be more smart about the things I am doing and being okay with not getting everything done so I know I could talk a lot about this book but (laughs) Um, I'm glad it's mindful it's mindful mindful living like I think is what you know what we what we sort of pulled out of this as well too I'm glad you brought up the cover as well so for for readers in the United States Please do not be put off by the cover of this book. (laughs) Everybody else in the world got a cover that's a beautiful bench beside a lake or a river. And in the United States, it's at least the paperback is just a bright yellow cover with black text. So it looks like some sort of punishing corporate productivity manual, but we promise you it isn't. Yeah. And so that surprised me. I don't know. I, I know. Anyway. I'm sure there's a whole reason behind cover artwork all over the world is different. I've seen that before in other books, but that surprised me because it's a lovely cover in Canada. It's a lovely cover in New Zealand. It's not a lovely cover in uh, in the U.S. So yeah, so uh, so you're a five on this one, um, four and a half because well, four and three quarters. I love you. Don't it. you don't give fives? Well, <laughs> tough I love. love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, the audiobook 
it's also narrated by the author and he has a beautiful British accent, doesn't he? So it's it's a nice listen as well as the audiobook. I would actually give the audiobook a five. I love the audiobook for this one. I found it, uh, he's easy to listen to and I enjoyed listening to his inflection and that kind of thing. I found the book not hard to read, but it was harder to pick up all the time. So that's probably why my four and a half, but I love the concept of what was in it, but I love the audiobook. So again, I've done both. And I listened to the audiobook again in June, I was traveling in June and all of my flights and all of the whatever. And I loved listening to it again. So yeah, it was good. Yep. All right. We have a lot of books. We did a lot. Yeah. So we, still, we... <laughs> we're still listening. Here we go. Yeah. We um so June May and June we things got a bit messy because we had our retreat and we I think we skipped May altogether because everybody was so busy preparing for that so we slipped in there we slipped in Donald Miller's brand new book How to Grow Your Small Business I haven't got any cultural highlights for 2023 because we're not far we're not far enough away to know what they're going to be yet but this book was like the most highly prescriptive I think of all the books we read it was literally a textbook for starting and growing a small business for anyone who reads reads or has read Seth Godin's books it's that kind of pacing and that kind of specificity and it's all action so um, this book has got an airplane analogy and he breaks the business down into the six parts of an airplane your cockpit your engines etc and yeah that's the premise of this book we had very strong feelings at book club about the airplane analogy but that was the way the book set up and if you're looking for a guidebook for growing a small business this is probably a really good place to start it's legitimately a how-to <laughs> step one do marketing step two uh, I'm a big Donald Miller fan always have been I've loved uh since his like early Pre, pre-story brand if anybody's been following Donald Miller and his podcast is really good as well too and he has a whole podcast around this how to grow and I uh, how to grow a small business so I'm a big fan of this book I think like everybody in the group that read this book had a great takeaway and an actionable item of different you know like they realize oh you know they're not they haven't done some step of this this program they're still working on the fuel gauge or whatever they're working on the cockpit so yeah I feel like it's a really good book and I highly recommend this one as well too so you want to have a star on this one I'm going to give this one just maybe 3.5 as well I just I wasn't in the space of needing this particular kind of book so maybe I should be more generous it's probably a four if this is the type of business book you're looking for so yeah, well, three and a half, four is good for me too. I feel like I'm just copying you, but um, <laughs> yeah. So again, it does depend if you are really just like trying to understand how the business, um, how, how all the pieces work together, how the whole thing makes your plane lift up, <laughs> your, your business lift up is a wonderful book. I do love the audiobook is good. I find like Donald Miller's really, really well spoken. Like he has a great voice for listening to. That's not always the case with some books. So, you know, it's a four if you really are just trying to get a whole big picture of everything. It's a three and a half if you've been there and you're already doing the things. I think so. I know there's a lot of discussion about this even while we were at in our at our retreat. So so are we wrapping up? I know we have a bunch more, like we have a couple more books, but we could say I those. think um 
Well, it's totally up to you if you want to. We've got only one left. All right, let's do got... one more. Let's do one yeah. more. <laughs> All right, there we go. One more. We've got our last book that we've just done was Essentialism by the uh, Disciplined Pursuit of Less, 2014. Again, it's another one of those books where you probably know the basics, but in in the very basic summary, this book is about having less but better, and that is one of Greg's um, quotes. Uh, in 2014, we the Malaysian Airlines 370 disappeared over the Indian Ocean, uh, and Canada had a Prime Minister Stephen Harper, New Zealand had a Prime Minister John Key, and we still had a Queen Elizabeth II. Mm, yes. <laughs> so on the book, I think, again, it's like one that we, it's older and it's so popular. It's one that we generally know the principles of and essentialism went through a real wave and all kinds of things in movies and TV and podcasting. But for me, the standout things were this chapter on sleep. So he turned sleep into a little bit of a challenge for people like me who like to make everything a challenge um and I also love the section on buffering creating buffers in our lives to relieve stress so instead of backing up all our meetings we put a little buffer block in there and we process the notes or we have time to get to our next meeting those are the two things that really stood out in this book or that were new to me from the book that I hadn't already heard somewhere else in popular culture Right. And for me, uh, the same, I would say a lot of the same things. I had read it a long time ago. I reread it for our book club. I also like his next book, which is Effortless, which I love as well. So what I pulled away is the decision making. So really making decisions and understanding that there's trade-offs for everything. And it was just a really good reminder. And I know we hear that. We know that I coached that for goodness sakes, like, you know, but really getting decisive and just making a decision and being okay with it was a, is a, you know, helping us make decisions that are, I don't know, at the time and understanding the what trade-offs. And it's funny, we legit just had that conversation at breakfast this morning. It's like, you know, there's this, like we have to be just make a decision and and understand. Anyway, being decision-making, discipline of decision-making, I guess is um, something that um, stood out for me. The other thing is, and I actually have this like written down on a sticky note in front of my computer. A lot of you, if you've been coached with me or you've been around, you know, I got sticky notes in front of my computer, simplify, eliminate and reduce. Like those are, you know, things that, you know, like we talk about in the themes of the book, less, but better. And I feel like simplifying, eliminate and reduce. Uh, those are the three words I have written here. We can use those, whether we're decluttering a closet which I'm going to do today because I feel like my brain works better when I declutter things. But it also, you know, it, it's, it's whether it's your inventory, like under thinking of your, you know, how can we simplify? How can we eliminate like, you know, friction, like back to this frictionless theme that we were talking about, how we make things easier for ourselves or eliminate friction, eliminate excess, eliminate things that don't matter. Cause there's a lot of things that don't matter again, back to the 4,000 week. And how can we just reduce all the things. So also that also comes into like our expenses. Like, I mean, this whole theme can go in our whole business model. And I see a lot of retailers that just, you know, we're chasing top line. And I, I guess I could go crazy on, you know, explaining this, but we're chasing foot traffic. We're chasing, we're trying to get more people coming buy the things, but maybe we just need to simplify, eliminate and reduce some of the things that we're, we're, we're doing in the bottom line of or the bottom part of our, you know, of our spreadsheets and, and our P and L. So 
whether it comes to, you know, cleaning a closet or cleaning out your back room or doing your inventory or even your staff, how can you simplify, eliminate and reduce parts of your staff? Like this, like, how do we keep it essential? How do we keep our business and our life essential? And uh, those were some things that I guess I'm on a tangent about, but I, I really like this book can, can seed into a lot of parts of your life. And again, if you're listening to the podcast, you know, I mean, our businesses run our, like our life is part of our business. If you haven't caught on the theme of our, our books here seem to, you know, we need to be running businesses that support our life. And so this book, I feel like has been a really good reminder. And I had a lot of feedback from members of our mastermind. It was a good reminder of what is essential. And again, the 4,000 week kind of feeds into that as well too. What is essential in our business and, and in our life? So we are not here to be running like full tilt. We're here to run profitable, you know, uh, profitable, happy and joyful businesses. So they need to be supporting our life and being uh, an essentialism is, or being uh, an essentialist is that what he calls it. Yeah. You know, is, is a, a really great, a really great reminder, really reset. It was a good reset for me as well too. And what's important. So again, simplify, eliminate, reduce so that we can less, but do less, but better. Um, so hopefully that's helpful. Anyway, on a tangent. <laughs> well, I know this podcast went long, but I have, I have full faith and anyone who clicked on to want to listen to a podcast about books probably can cope with a slightly longer podcast. That's what I think too. So, uh, yeah, so you're wearing, we're in somebody's earbuds. Well, thank you, Millie. I appreciate, uh, where can we send people to find you? Where's the best place? Where would you like us to send? The best place to find me for anybody outside of New Zealand is on Instagram. And I am at the village bookshop. And if you ever make it to a groovy Island hideaway, you can find me in Greytown on the main street. So that's awesome. Do you, are you shipping uh, out to Australia yet? Are you shipping to Australia? I'm shipping um, my stationary lines. So a beautiful range called Estabrook from the United States. I can ship that out, but everything else is just the rights for New Zealand. So we are, uh, we have a lot of New Zealand listeners and Australia listeners. So we will put your information up and thank you very much. And we're going to have to do this again with the last half of the year. as We have another big lineup coming of our books. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and all these wonderful books and for keeping our book club organized. So somebody <laughs> had to do it. Uh, somebody had to do it. And we really appreciate you helping us. Uh, so until next time, we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm so glad that you're here to join us this week, and I hope you found value in what we're sharing here. I want to remind you that our website has all of the show notes. You can find it at wendybatten.com slash podcast. Everything that you need to hear about today's podcast is there. Also an opportunity if you need to reach out to me. If I can support you in any way whatsoever, please feel free to reach out. So thanks for joining us. Please leave a review, subscribe if you can, and never miss an episode. We hope to see you back here again next week. Thanks, my friend. Have a great week.